0: Hello, welcome back. I hope your day is going well. I'm so excited to share that this episode is with Natasha, founder of a personal favorite, The Consistency Project. In this episode, we'll dive into the importance of shopping secondhand and changing the narrative around what this is all about. I first met Natasha earlier this year and immediately fell in love with her brand and the mission behind it. She truly became my go-to for all things secondhand and especially denim. So I'm really excited to finally get a chance to listen to how it all started and all the knowledge that she has when it comes to sustainability and fashion. I hope you really enjoy this episode and you can follow Natasha on Instagram for more at The Consistency Project. You can also follow me on Instagram for updates on new episodes at danny.bao and be sure to subscribe here for more. Um, okay let's get right into it enjoy hello everyone Um, i'm super excited to have natasha from the consistency project as my very first guest on this new podcast so i'm gonna let her do most of the talking but i Just for those of you who aren't familiar with The Consistency Project, um, this is like a really special brand that's focused mostly on breaking the stigma of secondhand and just kind of showing people not only obviously an incredible selection of secondhand, but also their own reworked clothing. So Natasha's here and I'd love if you could tell us a little (laughs) bit more about The Consistency Project. Awesome. Yeah. First off, thanks so much for
1: having me as your first guest. I had no idea I was the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Special. <So, laughs> I guess it's like expectations, you know. Hopefully, no, people no. aren't like <laughs> nothing to compared to at this moment. Um, cool. Yeah. So the consistency project, I mean, you explained it, um, you know, well and, and simply. I think, like, as. The most straightforward way to say what the brand is, is like truly um, trying to find every angle, every perspective, um, and kind of just every, you know, way, lifestyle kind of approaches that you can take towards integrating secondhand and really kind of breaking those Um, you know, traditional stigmas that secondhand has had um, throughout its kind of um, existence, I guess, you know, and so when you think about the history of secondhand, and or, you know, the the way people perceive secondhand, um, there's there's depending on culture or anything like that, it, it, it can like, bring up all of these different types of um, stigmas or perspectives that I, essentially, I think we try to bring up to light. I guess you know, yeah. And like try to have that conversation. I think having the conversation about it is really the most important part of the brand.
0: Yeah, I mean that's something that I actually did want to talk a little bit more about. Like, where do you think those stigmas come from? Because I, obviously, I grew up in Peru, and I feel like they mm-hmm even now it's only now starting to become a little bit more of a thing to shop mm. like vintage or thrifted. And a mm-hmm. lot of it comes from like, like when I talk to friends, it's yeah. mostly the ones that have studied abroad or lived abroad that are more into the idea of buying vintage. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's, it's a cultural thing. Like, what do you think? What do you think? Mm-hmm.
1: I definitely, I mean, I think it's a cultural thing of, um, almost, not status, hmm. but, you know, like, I think other cultures, especially, like, within the Asian culture, like, my experience has always been, like, you know, when you're buying something, you you should be excited and working toward. like, your life should revolve around trying to be able to access new right. great things, right, yeah. and so yeah. when you shop secondhand, you almost... It's almost seen as like this like failure in a sense of like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you can't afford new, so you have to buy second hand. And I think the I think that almost has been influenced from maybe the Western culture or American culture or something. There's definitely this cultural aspect of and pressure of success equals, you know, consumption of you know new things totally. and right and new things you know luxury and like all of the like higher end stuff that you know signifies status and in our life status and money are like the most important things yeah. And I think that's where you know it ends up stemming from and that is like a complete obviously like now you know more than ever people are realizing wow like status money you know <laughs> driven cultural um um like pillars in our life we need to like tear those down totally yeah because thank god it's, it's, it's not it isn't healthy for any culture I think and that's where I think secondhand kind of weaves into all of these different types of lifestyles and cultures and and truly i think that's why it's an ever-going conversation because i think there's always something new to uncover about how secondhand integrates into someone's life or into someone's cultural background Mm. or past you know experiences etc i mean there's just so much you can talk about and i think it also touches on many other com- important conversations like sustainability right. or reuse or, you know, um, kind of the waste and consumption culture. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is also an equally important conversation that really, you know, TCP is able to like branch into primarily because of, you know, the link yeah. of, of everything kind of intertwined in our lives.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, super important now we're literally in a climate crisis so I think it's brought light into a lot of these issues but the sad part is that they've been here for so long you know like it's not like fast fashion just this you know past two years became a thing like it's crazy and so yeah I wanted to backtrack a little bit and kind of ask about like your story like how did you like when did you kind of realize like this is crazy and we need to do something about it like what happened before tcp how did you get here all of that (laughs) yeah i
1: mean um so tcp like as anything is in life um it has evolved and you know my intention initially for tcp wasn't actually what it is today so like back it was almost kind of like this passion project just like this podcast will be for you where you're just like I need this like creative outlet I need to have certain conversations I want to kind of do something different um, and integrate it into kind of this like um, kind of corporate life that I was living right you know like going to work yeah I needed something and so it was like, like initially like more of like not a fashion blog, but more of like focused on fashion, travel, or like style clothing. Interesting. Travel. I didn't even know that. And yeah, <laughs> how you can like do more with less. And okay. It's like, that like travel, um, in travel forces people to think about what they actually need. Like when you pack less, you can really experience, you know, a new the new city or culture more versus like bringing all your stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, really, like, taking away from, like, the purpose of travel. And I think, like, that concept really could be integrated into people's daily lives. So when we look into our closet, it's like, okay, you have some stuff. But what are you really, like, gearing towards? You're gearing towards wearing the things that are comfortable, functional, still fun, but it's, like, feels like you. Mm -hmm. And so I really, like, focused on that conversation of, like, what are your, like, those, like, favorite things that force you to challenge yourself to consume less like junk and just more better things that connected to you and your and your life so that's how it started wow and um and I didn't I like had always wanted to study fat quote-unquote fashion and I just like never did and um this was Mm -hmm. kind of my way of learning the industry a bit more as well and so through this journey I started learning more about fast fashion and kind of the impact of um, kind of clothing in general and yeah. what we wore. And I just was like, you know, this, the conversation needs to be geared towards this, like mm-hmm. instead. Like, this is like the most important thing we should be talking about. And I started yeah. thinking about like just um, my own closet and, you know, growing up with secondhand. But I never really thought of it as something like that you kind of talk about like I wasn't like oh yeah like I'm gonna talk about you know in the past I used to thrift but like I didn't think it was like a conversation that needed to be had it was just one of those things where when you're a teenager and you have no money like you go thrifting if you're like trying to find like cute stuff. (laughs) So that was like um but anyway so I just like started to learn and grow as a person and start to feel passionate about having these conversations and from there I just really like took the project to be focused on second hand because I personally felt like that was the most sustainable option for people Mm -hmm. to you know dress themselves creatively functionally and just be able and, and and when it comes to accessibility it was truly something that encompassed um something for everyone and I thought that was
0: truly um an important conversation to be had um so yeah that's so cool and did this all happen when you were already in New York or
1: no, so this was um, this
0: happened when I was in California,
1: actually um, working. It was in twenty, gosh, because <laughs> I'm all it didn't become official like where I like left my job to make this a thing till like 2018. So it's oh wow, two years. Yeah. but it was like I would say like 2014. It, it was like you know four years of like me kind of doing this on the side and you know doing pop-ups once in a while um, but it was never really a full-time thing it kind of was just like this side project Wow! and That's a big um, project
0: to just have on the side
1: <laughs> well I mean obviously it's like any project is as big as the amount of effort and time that and money that you put into totally. it you know yeah and so there was a point where I like I was not doing that much. You know, I was passionate about it. But as life goes, you know, you're like busy with work or there's like different things that happen in your personal life that you kind of have to put things aside. And there was a moment where I was like, I just I don't I don't. I'm ready for a change in my own life and I don't want to put this project aside. I want to make it something special mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of amplify it and invest more time and money into it. And so that's when in 2019 I left my job wow. and then um, quickly started planning to move to New York.
0: Yeah. That's I crazy. Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like I've followed you for so long and it, now that I'm thinking back, it hasn't even been that long, <laughs> but I feel like it's grown so much. <laughs> like I remember it even before it was I think even before you had your store I don't know I'm mixing all the dates but that's so cool um yeah I think a lot of I mean I don't know if it was like making that move but like a lot of what we were talking about in my first like introduction episode was those kind of risks and taking those Mm -hmm. and why taking those risks is super important so yeah um yeah I would love to hear how that went for you like what was kind of like I mean obviously you've mentioned that you were having all of these conversations that you wanted to bring up and like was it I mean I'm sure it was a little scary but like how did you feel yeah. to you know quit move to New York, and oh, New York? yeah yeah
1: I mean yeah as with anything in life that is involved <laughs> change um, it's scary because you constantly um, second guess yourself on whether it's like the right move and Um, especially when you have others like um, that are relying on you and your, you have like relationships. So I had like my partner Dylan so, you know, like there's other people in your life. Um, So it was definitely one of those things where you have to think, okay, is this really the right decision? might be the right decision for me, but is it the right decision for my family or for everyone? But fortunately, I was just really, really supported from the beginning from my family, from, you know, Dylan. And so truly, it was like I had – because I had worked this corporate job um, for, you know, a decent amount of time and had saved a bunch of money, I was also feeling very financially stable. That's so – yeah, that's so good. (laughs) You know, and and that was like – I think it was like one of those – it's a privilege for me to have – to. To be able to say, hey, like I worked, was able to save money and then, you know. Pursue your dream. Invest. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because I think it's, I think, you know, money and funding is what holds a lot of people back from pursuing what they need to do or what they want to do, um, I should say. And so, you know i felt like wow like for me to not leverage this privilege and opportunity would be a disservice you know to myself and to yeah. like kind of this ethos of really trying to take an opportunity when when it presents itself so um yeah I, I invested all my money into it and was like you know i'm just gonna kind of go full force and obviously in the beginning of any type of you know project business or whatever you see it as um you make a lot of mistakes you're learning along (laughs) the way and you know you'll realize that owning a small business or something like this it's like sometimes never about the money yeah (laughs) in the end you're you're just you're making enough to pay your bills and to live you know the happy life that you want to live but it's never (laughs) to be like this like billionaire later down the road if that was the case you know you would have to uh, buy into this like corporate uh consumption cycle and um, slightly toxic cycle yeah i mean you know i I need to like invent some like really cool or like if it was fashion related like do this really cool like trendy fashion brand and like you know get manufactured by like the thousands and like that's when you can like actually make money but obviously you know this type of business um i think you know, there's just so much work and time into it that you're truly it's a labor of love totally. over anything
0: else. Yeah. Um, and I feel like yeah. that really, really shows with your brand. I mean, I remember going to the store on like in Brooklyn and it was just so well thought through, like from literally, you know, like the painting on the walls to the carpets <laughs> to the little dogs around, like to everything <laughs> and obviously the clothes. But you could tell that you had like poured your entire heart into that store and making that space you know a reflection of you um Mm -hmm. also with the best jeans I've ever tried (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I mean I I live in Brooklyn now so I was very sad when you had to close the store and I don't want to make this a sad moment but (laughs) yeah I do want to talk a little bit about that I mean obviously the store was a dream but things change and we evolve and we grow and we adapt Um, So, yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that change and how it's going and how are you feeling?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, change is scary, but change is good. So, you know, like we – this was truly, like, one of those things where um, I started having to think about not just the business and maybe just my partner, but, like, now also Nelly. Nelly's
0: a little baby. (laughs) So cute. Yeah, so –
1: Nellie's turning one next week. And so, you know, she was quickly growing up and our dream was for her to grow up in the shop and all that fun stuff. But I mean, obviously, with things happening um, and kind of the state of the world and really like my husband and I just reflecting on what was truly important for her, it was being around More family. It was being able to kind of have her experience life in a in a way that um, didn't necessarily hold her back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think having the shop or you know being in New York with family, like it almost felt like it wasn't holding me back. It was holding her back. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a kid, it's like it's not about you anymore. Right. And so. Um, obviously the change is hard because we didn't have the shop for so long but you know the change was that she you know as a new parent you quickly realize how you have to make your decisions and Mm -hmm. us moving was super important so um, yeah I mean feeling like we now that we're here and kind of settling we don't have our stuff yet or anything
0: so it's like fully settled all the way in hawaii by the way yeah
1: yeah I know. just moving literally You're casually moving ocean. yeah yeah i know it's like we couldn't have moved any further in the country um but you know this is where i grew up so it's not like you know it was like a random choice yeah. it was like Truly well thought out. This is where we have, uh, or like most of my family is, and my mom's here and has been extremely helpful since Mm -hmm. we've been here. I mean, experiencing the the love of like your mom bringing you lunch just because or stopping by to help with Nelly for a couple hours or you know like being able to just go on like a little beach outing for Mm -hmm. you know to like to take her out to kind of experience something different like those things um have made obviously us feel good about the move regardless of maybe how it's put a pause on maybe the potential growth that the business could have had right yeah at the shop or whatever and um you know being a parent is like another full-time job and so essentially it's been you know a lot to transition juggling you know Mm -hmm. parenting and trying to manage a business and I think any parent out there can like attest to or can kind of empathize with it
0: yeah Um, i was gonna say it's like insane that you're doing all of this as a new mom like it's such a cute you know i know
1: and sometimes i i'm like i don't but so many (laughs) parents do this as well no you know it's like and it's crazy because i never appreciated and or understood the work behind it until i actually had a kid myself and i feel like to my friends out there that don't have kids you know <laughs> like sometimes I feel like they don't understand yeah <laughs> and then the moment that they have kids I'm like you will understand yeah now um, you know <laughs> yeah now you know and like you um as a business you'll like I I'll admit like with this change and with this like kind of like slowdown of like the time that I can put into the business, you know, you find yourself comparing yourself to other uh, businesses or shops and you're like, okay, what can I, what should I be doing better? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's toxic. So yeah. I suggest not to do that. Yeah. I mean, I catch myself doing it and then that's why I'm mentioning it. Good. Because, yeah. um, but it's just, you know, just remembering that like this change, even though it slows things down, um, for like whatever passion project you have, um, Mm -hmm. that slowdown is important to ramp
0: up again. I love that. And I think a lot of people need to hear that with whatever you're doing, because things are going to change and things are going to slow down, pick back up. Like you never know. And you just have to kind of keep going in your own, at your own pace, you know? I wanted to ask about the reworked clothes. I mean, just on that note of kind of Changing and adapting. I also think it's so amazing. I mean, I personally got myself a set of the biker shorts with the little tops, and they're so comfortable. I honestly cannot recommend them enough. Everyone should go buy them. But they're so cool. So, can you tell us a little more, like where those, like the first of all, why did you decide to kind of go into reworked clothing, and then how did all that happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I well. I guess like backtracking a bit on like uh, how I had always been interested in fashion and never got to study it. Um, I think everything as far as um, like sewing goes like I, ha- I was like almost self-taught um, and I just experimented a lot through my life which has led me to this moment to be Feel more confident in actually making things for other yeah. people. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're familiar with like, um, the journey of, you know, a piece of clothing, but essentially it gets designed, and then it has to go, um, it needs to be like drafted as a pattern. Uh-huh. And the pattern are the pieces of what construct a piece of clothing, right? And so it's one thing to design something on a flat piece of paper mm-hmm. and it's another to construct it into a three-dimensional piece right. that that sits on a body and the pattern making is the most important part of a piece of clothing because it affects the fit it Mm -hmm. affects kind of sizing it affects everything on the body and so I took a a course to learn that because I was extremely interested in the concept of rework and I didn't understand and it was like and this was back in uh, 2016 I took it Mm -hmm. um 2015, 2016, and like I took it because I didn't understand the fashion industry and why it didn't use secondhand stuff. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I want to study it because I want to see for myself why it's so difficult. Right. Like, like why? is it? Like why? Like why aren't they using it? And it's one thing to like challenge the industry not like and like know what you're talking about it's another to challenge it and be like have no idea what you're talking about so I was like I want to know what I'm talking yeah. about I want to like understand pattern making and so I uh, took the course and that's where I, I built a lot of confidence around rework mm-hmm. and I, I learned a lot about why uh, industries didn't do it a lot oh, because wow. it takes a lot of time and a lot of thought and it's it's a much, much slower process. And so I was like, oh, this is why if you're trying to make a lot of money and do a lot of things in scale, right. it, doesn't add like, up. <laughs> it is like impossible to rework. Um, and that's why sometimes a lot of the high end reworked designs cost so much money is because mm-hmm. it takes so much time. And um and you know, um sometimes secondhand materials or vintage materials cost more than new materials.
0: That's so interesting so, uh, yeah. <laughs> um
1: I don't know yeah. why, but I it's almost yeah, like we've built this like system where new things sometimes cost less.
0: Mm.
1: Which yeah, which doesn't it's help a, it's a broken system. Yeah, it yeah it's a it's problem. A, it's a something there's something obviously someone is um, eating the cost and it's normally the planet and or it's like people in like these countries that are that we're like exploiting to like for like to make our stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so anyways, so yeah, so fast forward to now I was like, um, you know, with everything changing, um, we were sitting we we're at home a lot, I wasn't able to like source stuff Mm -hmm. you know as as often I normally would apply to um you know different clothing warehouses or you know go like in in mass thrifting you know extravaganzas but like that was all like not really in the question when COVID hit and also since like I had really been focusing on just trying to be a good mom to Mm Nellie it was just you know like I just didn't have that time but the time that I did have was like when she was napping I was home and I had all the stuff and I was like you know I'm just gonna start making things um and that's kind of how it happened is like you know it was something I could do at home and I had a lot of Materials that I had just collected mm-hmm. over the course of my life, yeah. and I just started digging into it, and um, yeah, and and I think so cool. you know yeah. we're still exploring it right now and still learning as we go. And I don't think it's going to be something that you know we're always going to have tons and tons of products for it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because again, you know, it's such a it's it's much much slower special process. Um, but yeah, just excited to kind of offer and showcase something different.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you said it perfectly. It's such a much more special process and you can tell when you like get those pieces of clothing, you know, like it's not mm-hmm. just I don't know, it's like they have like a certain energy to them, like more personality mm-hmm. and it's just kind mm-hmm. of really nice to get something like that that you also know is supporting someone like you behind the scenes as opposed to like who knows you know who's making those thousands of sweaters that you buy in bulk or whatever (laughs) so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's awesome and honestly yeah congratulations for doing that because it's (laughs) one of the more unique versions of it that I've seen but I love it yeah thank you thank you um and yeah I mean I guess just to kind of wrap up the little Uh bit on change like what's next what's next for you like are you mostly online Uh are you planning and you know, what are your plans? <laughs> Loaded I mean, question.
1: I know. It's so hard to plan. It right? is really hard it's to plan. Yeah. So, you know, um, there's there's multiple different, I think, things that could, could happen mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm exploring. And obviously, you know, mainly building the presence online. Yeah. Um, mm. But really trying to shift gears to offer more... Um, content that um, can even take this kind of um, lifestyle, kind of secondhand, um, yeah, like a secondhand li- lifestyle and taking it- Beyond clothing. Birth with, like Yeah, like DIYs, tutorials, or just like life in general, and really trying to capture even the journey. Now that I'm like starting this kind of new life here in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. what that journey looks like on... Trying to, you know, get your house together with secondhand things or like upcycling, you know, um, a table for the outdoor patio or whatever, like being able to really capture the things um, that I think everyone potentially maybe experiencing right now or, or want to be inspired to do themselves. I think more people are empowered now that they're home a little bit more to be doing these type of projects. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to kind of capture my learnings and experience to share with others. So hopefully inspire them. Yeah. So there's one, you know, piece that I think um,
0: that's so awesome. I'm
1: working on as far as like just maybe more videos or whatever it may be, but that's um, I think, a completely different direction um, that uh, I'll be exploring. Um, I think the rework would continue to happen, but in just, you know, in small, small batches and just more of, like, showing... I think I see it as showing people the potential of, you know, being able to rework certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, And for certain items, maybe even having some kind of, like, DIY aspects to it that someone could, like, do themselves. Yeah. Um, I think DIY, sometimes it's just fun, even if you're not going to do it yourself, to just see what the process is. Yeah, I think think it's important for people to understand the work that goes into um, upcycling secondhand or just anything Mm -hmm. um, when it relates to sustainability. Um, And uh, yeah, I think. You know, we, I still have, um, a storage unit in New York, um, with all of our stuff. I think, you know, like our denim and our stand rays and all of that. Um, it, we're exploring like what like shopping appointments will look like oh, since cool. I have, um, Nikki, uh, there as, you know, my amazing support to like kind of run things locally. Yeah. Um, until I can, like, come back, you know. You'll be back. More. <laughs> yeah. I can visit more um, often and easily. And so I think that's also something to keep an eye out It's just that we'll, you know, we'll start hosting people again and just um, the appointment basis. And then I think, you know, who knows what also, like, pop-ups look like. Yeah. Um, there's a lot happening with a uh, Second Life Marketplace. Oh, yeah. Big friend. Yeah. <laughs> So we have some, we're just like revamping what that looks like as far as that platform and how we kind of bring shops together, um, not just in person, but online. And so Jess and I are really um, doing a lot of concepting um, on that front. And so we're super excited to share more about that. So that's also something I think it's not directly related to TCP, but it is kind of like a part of it. In yeah, a sense.
0: totally. Second yeah. Life Marketplace, just so everyone knows, is kind of like, yeah. I guess, would it be right to call it like a collective? Like, it, I feel like, I don't know, it's like a, a lot of really cool vintage thr- clothes coming yes. together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like your typical, right? Like, oh. It's not your typical, but it's. If you were to like uh, think about the concept, it's just like a yeah, marketplace or vintage fair yeah. of some sort where we bring, you know, shops. But we also brought individuals to sell their closets. Right. And so it felt like kind of a little bit – it was just a big community that we want to build around shopping secondhand. Yeah. And everything in the market is secondhand. No,
0: and I loved so, it. I went with my sister actually and I remember yeah. meeting Jess there. And it was, yeah. it was so cool because it honestly – Like, the clothes are in perfect states. I feel like everyone, especially in New York, like, our closets are not that big. Like, we could all use some, you know, monthly cleaning, not even spring cleaning. Yeah. So, I think it was a really cool opportunity, and it did feel a lot like a community. Like, you guys did a really good job at making it feel like everyone was there with friends, just shopping and kind of having a good time yeah thank you yeah um so yeah we're we're yeah excited
1: and hopeful and that's been something that we're you know obviously how people come together in person has to change a little bit so Mm -hmm. we're just kind of excited for the challenge and how we kind of revive that
0: love that yeah taking it step by step Love I it. Know. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think Brooklyn definitely misses you, but oh, now the now the whole world gets to see and experience the consistency project online. So
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> now, now I'm actually putting some time and effort into our online. which I never ever <laughs> <Silver> <laughs> really <line. laughs> took the time to do.
0: Uh, well, yeah. Thank you so so much for for chatting, for telling us more about the consistency project. I don't want to. Take too much more of your time because I'm sure Nellie needs you. But, <laughs> <Thanks> <laughs> but for having thank me. you. And I hope Hawaii is amazing. And please thank let you. us all know when you're back here so we can see us see each other in person.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I will.
0: Thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the conversation with natasha you can follow her at the consistency project for more and be sure to share and subscribe so you can keep up with what's next have a great day